we go on with the eighth bull, both bull and self-transcended. Whip, rope, person and bull, all merged, no trace remains. The vast blue sky cannot be reached by mine. How can a snowflake exist in a raging fire? Here is the footprints of the patriarchs of the Buddhas. First it was discipline, rope, then awareness, whip, then the bull. No, the person itself is also gone. All merged. No, there is no more conflict. No trace remains. The vast blue sky cannot be reached by the mind. You cannot reach that the limitless with the thoughts, only by consciousness. How can a snowflake exist in a raging fire? You can't. That's why for the enlightened ones, it seems so silly that the snowflake is trying to protect itself because it will land in the fire. Relax. Here is the footprints of the Buddhas. Not only the footprints, but that's where the Buddhas are, because there is no time. You have gone beyond the struggle of the mind, then you enter the timeless. Then there is peace then. You don't need discipline, you don't need awareness, you don't need to find yourself. First a long struggle to find yourself, then you forget the self also. Buddha has the word anatta, it means no self. It's much better than finding the self, because then you can think that then you will be more you. No self, then what is there to find then? He doesn't give you any hope to find anything. You have two different parts. You have one of fullness, one of emptiness. Buddha is talking about emptiness. You come to the full circle, there's nothing left, everything goes boof. 
That is no self, Anatta. That is the full circle. That is the eight. No, there is nothing. What to do is complete. A circle is without beginning and without end. That's how the existence is working in circles. The planet is round. The different seasons, they come and go. And in the east, they have taken it further, life and death. In the western thinking, which is more linear, there everything has a beginning and an end. No, it's not. You can't have a beginning and an end if you are one with the Tao. It's circular, it's round. There is no beginning and no end. Resting in that, you are beyond beginning and end. You are in the timeless. It fits very good because today is also full moon. And that's always been a symbol of enlightenment because full. And it's very beautiful, but it doesn't burn you, but it gives light. Very mysterious. Very mysterious light. It's not like the sun that you have to almost hide from. You get burnt. Not the moon, you can just sit and watch. All meditators, all the Buddhas, you have the picture with the moon, with the full moon. It means no, you have come to your full circle. No, you are full. And you are silent like the full moon. You are beautiful like the full moon. You are shining like the full moon. This is the full circle. The vast blue sky cannot be reached by the mind. That's why all reading, all words, all books, all scriptures, all techniques, all discipline has to be left at one point. How can a snowflake exist in a raging fire? It's impossible. And this is the transformation from being cold to being hot, to falling down, racing up. The snowflake is falling down. The flames are going up. Here, is the footprints of the Buddhas. And this is what I call the real happy family. No, there's no way to go now. No, there is rest and great celebration. That is Zen, which it came from these symbols. But I remember Osho talking about 
there was only eight pictures. No, it stops. It stops at the eight, the old pictures, because that is Buddhahood. Then you are a full moon, you full circle, you are complete. Uh, no more division. Wholeness. If you are fragmented, you can't reach. You have to become one. That's the whole source to become one, to be whole. But then this branch of Buddhism that became Zen in Japan, they took it two steps further. They don't understand that in the West. Zen is very mysterious, it's very strange. But for a Buddha is very beautiful because you integrate it in everything. Otherwise, in the eight states, no, at last you find peace. That's why for thousands of years the enlightened ones have disappeared. They just live quietly because they know it's going to be fast. No, at last they find peace. They've been dealing so much with all the things, all the struggle to find themselves with their own minds, with their own thoughts. Why should you want to go and mix with the minds again? No, better be quiet. But this expression of the ten symbols, then you have two after that. And that makes it very unique. That's why it's very beautiful. Because you're coming back again into the world. After enlightenment, you're coming back again. Which is almost as far as up to the eight to come back again, because you have to integrate it again. You have to functioning in the world, which is has its own challenges because now you are very sensitive. Of course you have to purify everything and then to function again with all the hard rocks and the knives, and the needles. That is beautiful because also it gives hope, it gives courage. You show something that is possible. What is the point? The flower is beautiful, it sits on a mountaintop. But nobody sees it, no? If it's in the village, then many people, of course most people are too busy, but at least some will see it. 
So that's why this expression of sun became very, very beautiful. I can totally understand it. They integrate it in everything, in flower arrangement, in swordmanship, in bow and arrow, in gardening, in food, in walking, in dressing. They could blend into everything, that awareness. So it wasn't just fixed to one. It wasn't just stagnant, like you had to become a yogi, or you had to become a monk. No, it could be integrated for men and women. So it was something very unique that you can bring it with you all the way and be ordinary again. But then there is first no division, which is this, the number eight is all about. Then in some mysterious way, you have to learn to function again as a nobody. <laughs> And the whole teaching of Buddha, again and again, he talks about compassion. You have to be compassionate. Of course, the ordinary mind just takes that as being good, goody-goody, what is right, what is wrong. No, that is not true compassion. Compassion can only come from your inside. When you have found peace, when you have found truth, when you have found realization, then compassion can come. And it comes in any way. And Buddha said the greatest gift is the gift of truth. So that must be the greatest compassion. But you see, human beings is always like, they can't really receive the truth, and they can't really receive compassion. Look at Jesus, what happened to him. This whole religion was love, understanding. And look what happened, this is how it goes. Even Buddha got poisoned. They try, it's always people who are jealous, who is comparing, who get angry, even with the Buddhas, even with the enlightened ones. They still want to fight. It's always like that. So be aware of the mind. But now in the eighth, no, no more division, no more fight. There is fight till this point where there is no more struggle, because the ego always wants to fight. Even if you want something, you are even know that you want something, and then the master is telling you that, then still you fight, because you want to be in charge, instead of being happy. Oh, I'm in tune. You can always take it a negative way. 
So be aware of the mind, how tricky it is. There only will be peace when you have put down the sword and understood that the Buddha is only your innermost self talking to you. But as long as you are fighting yourself, you have to fight outside. All the Buddha says, let go, relax, easy is right. But how can you let go? Then you will disappear then, that's why the fight then. So you can think that you're doing things, but you're not really ready. What is all the problems recently finished? Then what? What are you going to do then? What are you going to complain about? Must be very boring then, nothing to do. You're so used to having so many problems. Certainly, no more. And then functioning out of that. That's the suggestion of the Buddhas. Why don't you try that? <laughs> Instead of going on with the fighting, struggling, holding, protecting. This is a very old habit. The ego always resists. And the more strong the light is, the more it will resist, of course. That's why I say is everything will come up here. Everything will come up around me. Everything will come up in satsang. It's bound to happen. Because the light is stronger. You come in close, the snowflake is coming closer to the fire. So everything will come up. It can go very quick and it can go very slow. Because the ego, it doesn't like the light, no? It likes darkness, it doesn't like confusion, it doesn't like clarity. It doesn't like love, it doesn't like prayer, it doesn't like compassion, it doesn't like melting. No, these things the ego doesn't like. It wants to protect itself. Because all these, you disappear. <laughs> Whip, rope, reason, person and bull, all merge, no trace remain. The vast blue sky cannot be reached by the mind. How can a snowflake exist in a raging fire? Here is the footprints of the patriarchs, the Buddhas. No, you can see it. No, this is where they walk. That is the full moon. Wholeness. Mediocrity is gone. 
mind is clear of limitations. I seek no state of enlightenment, neither do I remain where no enlightenment exists. Since I linger in neither conditions, eyes cannot see me. If a hundred of birds strew my path with flowers, such praise would be meaningless. When the mind is clear of limitation, when there is a clear sky, no clouds, just limitless blue sky, then you have no obstacles then. It's clear vision. I seek no state of enlightenment, neither do I remain where no enlightenment exists. You can only seek something if you are missing something, if there is any uneasiness. When you have found, then you forget both them. Enlightenment and no enlightenment. Because it is your natural state. And how can you see something if there's nobody there? Who is there to seek? No, you are in tune with the whole. It must be someone who is seeking something, who is not happy with the situation as it is. When that identification is gone, the seeker is gone, then the thought is found. And in the finding, you forget You forget it totally. Since I linger in neither condition, eyes cannot see me. Since I linger in neither conditions, I'm neither this or that. I just am. There is no opposites anymore. It's not bad, it's not good. It's just is. And in that isness, there is balance, there is harmony for the first time. 
As long as there is good and bad, the order has to follow. Beyond all conditions, since I linger in neither condition, that means that which always is, is not a condition, it's just is. Eyes cannot see me. No, no eyes can see that because no eyes, eyes just see the form. That's why the form can easily fool you. And that's why so much attention is on the form now. It's never been so much attention on the form as now, on the appearance. Why? Because we have lost the real. When we have lost the real, you have to try to make the false real. Even when people leave the body, when they are dead, they get painted and makeup on, so they look nice. It means you are totally forgotten that which is real. You are just the body. And in the body, it is suffering, it is fear. Because bodies come, bodies go. So only, you know only the body, there will be fear. That's why so much identification with the form, with the appearance. And it's never looked as now. And you are never happy. Nobody is satisfied because they are too identified with the appearance. They have forgotten what they have inside. They have forgotten the real. So then more and more painting on the outside. Since I linger in neither conditions, eyes cannot see me. No, no ordinary eyes can see you. Only somebody who comes from vision, that is the whole meaning with the third eye. In India they have it only in the gods. Shiva, he has the third eye. Many saints, they get painted with the third eye. It means, no, you are beyond, you are beyond the appearance. That is in the sixth chakra. That means you are not fooled with the eyes, you see with your inner eyes, you see with the third eye. Then no appearance, no form can fool you. You can never get fooled when you can see clearly with your inner light, with your inner vision, with your third eye. But ordinary people, they don't see that, they only see the form. So even for and enlightened, even for a Buddha, they just see an ordinary person. They can see beyond, because the form is the same. The deeper they go, the closer they come to themselves, the more they can recognize. They are far from themselves, they cannot see anything, only the form. They have seen more of the formless, 
of peace, of love, of compassion, of silence, the more they can recognize. But ordinary eyes cannot see because the ordinary eyes is split. It's either like this or it's like that. You have to fit it in a box. Only the one who is integrated can clearly see because he is not fooled by the appearance. He is not fooled with his eyes, he is not fooled with what he hears. He sees beyond it. It doesn't matter what you say, or how you look, or how you dress, or how you behave, he can see beyond it. If a hundreds of birds strew my path with flowers, such praise would be meaningless. Because you are already celebrating, you are in the biggest celebration. It doesn't matter if you praise or if you blame. It has nothing to do with me. Praise or blame, inferior, superior, it belongs to the split mind. When you are beyond that, it doesn't matter. You see, you hear, but it has nothing to do with you because you are not identified. It just means if a hundreds of birds drew my path with flowers, such praise would be meaningless. Is what any ego would love. But if you are free of it, then you don't need anything then. And one thing is for sure that most people will blame you instead of praising you because they can't see beyond the form. They can see beyond the mind. Only those who are seeking, and that is the whole part of the seeker, is to integrate so they don't have a split vision through the two eyes, but they get one vision. They're not divided. And when one is not divided, one is at rest, one is at peace, because then no conflict. Conflict comes out of many. If only one, how can there be conflict? 